listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast, your favorite podcast for all things Bills and Sabres, with the pals Nigel, Tom, and Jake. Episode 23 coming at you. Quick reminder to follow our social medias. You can find us on X and Instagram at Let's Go Buff Pod, Buff with two Fs. And with that, let's say a quick hello to the fellas. Tom, the 2024 version. How we doing? <laughs> Nigel, look, I'm rebooted. It's You're me. Rebooted. <laughs> Do I look different? Yes, very. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I've resolved myself. I've set new res- resolutions. Um, actually, I don't. Are you guys res- resolutions people? I, I like I like the idea of them, but like the idea of like actually setting one and like sticking to it just seems pretty dumb because I'm also not very good at sticking through with things, but. Yeah, I um, yeah, I agree. On paper, sounds great, dude. Ask me the last resolution I actually followed through. Yeah. And then. It's, I don't think there is one, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, I like the idea of it. Like, yeah, I'm definitely trying to improve myself, but like setting it to one certain thing and it has to be, hit that certain like milestone. I don't know. I've never really liked it. Never really been for me. Yep, agreed. Jake, what's going on, bro? I'm good. Yeah, happy New Year, fellas. But no, I'm also not a resolutions person. I'm I'm actually aiming to get worse in 2024. I think. <laughs> nice, so, dude. Honestly, oh, yeah. so far so good. So far so good. <laughs> trying to just just nosedive <laughs> i'm really trying to let myself go yeah dude and honestly that's like that's what it seems like everything else is doing that so we might as well just like get on board and just let's just tank everything dude ride it right like what are we doing <laughs> don't fight it don't fight it no need well, well everybody we're at a nice pick-me-up start to this podcast eh yeah how about that everybody <laughs> everybody's in a great mood this evening hope you came here to be boosted yeah Tom, yeah. Tom had to make too many decisions in the last 45 minutes i'm sick again <laughs> i we're all just we're all just struggling a little bit but we're gonna do the best that we can and uh, throw you some some bills and saber stuff but first Absolutely parched. Let's get into a beer corner. You ready, fellas? Mm-mm-mm. Ready? Three, one. Nice. Um, I'm going just with the old, reliable, classic Labatt Blue Light this evening. Absolutely crisp and delicious. Um, so, yeah, everybody knows what that one is. Not Nothing super fun to share there. But you know what? For this week... Like Bills, Dolphins, we got to go back to our roots. Like this is this is yeah. the true rivalry. This is it. Like I, I actually went looking when I was at the store today. I was one of my forty five thousand decisions I had to make in the last forty five minutes was at the grocery store, and I went looking for Blue Light in Vermont. It's not exactly as readily available as I want it to be, but that's um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can get it at certain stores. It's just not at every store. So. Yeah. Well, if you find it, you better bathe yourself in it Saturday night before the Bills play Sunday. Do an ice bath in yeah. Blue Light. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, my pour, pour my hot water head. tank in my apartment is ju- I emptied it. It's just blue light in there. So <laughs> when I get up to shower tomorrow, it'll be nice. <laughs> Tommy, what are you drinking? Uh, basically the Vermont version of blue light. It's a Harpoon Rec League. Nice, nice easy drinker. This is one of my favorites, and it's uh, I picked up a nice little pack for myself, and it's been sitting in the fridge, and I knew it was going to be great for the pod tonight. Hell yeah, mm. dude. Killer. Torpedo. I went the other way. I went with a really heavy, dark winter ale called the Wendigo from Woo! Three Heads Brewing. 
Um, nice, dude. It's a it's a winter ale brewed with spices and orange peel. And and look at this fun guy in the can. It looks like a like an animal monster thing that eats people. And so I was curious, what is a Wendigo? And I looked it up, and it's often said to be a malevolent spirit, sometimes depicted as a creature with human-like characteristics, possessing human beings, and a cause its victims a feeling of insatiable hunger, the desire to eat other humans, and the propensity to commit murder. So, wow. shit. There you go. <laughs> when, when you said insatiable hunger, I was going to say, oh, that's, that sounds like my kind of spirit animal. But yeah, right? it's, And you continued, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, can you, uh, can you hold the can up again? Yeah, for this sure, is for obviously sure. just for the three of us. Tom, what video game would you see that creature in? Oh, that's definitely a God of War. Hundred percent looks like that's looks like, Kratos is just gonna like just like dismember that thing. Hundred percent looks like a character like a, like a villain that you'd have to kill in God of War. Hundred yeah. percent. That's good. I was thinking The Witcher too, also in oh, that game. Oh, yes, yep. scary Wendigo. That's not one that I've played. We oh, might you, need to do a shoot off video game podcast because I think ooh, the three of us could just we could that do could that. Be fun. I can yeah, get down with that. All right. Well, we'll start with the start with the more positive stuff in terms of the sports that we cover. Um, the Bills they won the game. Let's go. Bills beat the Patriots 27-21. Probably not the exact game that we were hoping to see, but a win is a win is a win is a win. And there are plenty of really good things to take away from that game. Um, should we should we pull a positive out of there real quick, fellas? Yeah. Yes. Tom, yes you want to yes. go? Oh, I'm going to take the easy one because yeah, this it. is the one I was like, I'm ready to go get him ready to be a presidential 2024 candidate. Rasul Douglas for life, baby. That guy just took over. He, yeah, it's just incredible. He had the tipped tipped interception to uh, for Ed Oliver's. Well, okay. I'm not going to take all of them, but that's another one. Um, he had a couple of tipped interception. Then he got a couple of his own. Like the guy is just freaking just he 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 was great. I don't know if you guys heard in um, an interview um, when he was speaking later this week or earlier this week. He, he said something about it's just he saw it in tape and it was stuff he's seen. So like the guy is just so incredibly smart and opportunistic. Like, man. Wow. Yeah. We're still Douglas. That's exciting too. He's not. He's not just uh, getting lucky, right place, right time. Like th- those were calculated oh, he turnovers knew. that he picked off. He saw it, and he's he, like, he knew he was going to have one before yeah. it happened. Yeah, yeah, dude. He he like. I I think this this uh, this um, trade for Rasul Douglas, this has got to be the best midseason trade that I have seen the Bills do in my lifetime, in my my thirty years. I think it's got to be. I, I can't think I'd have to go back through and really look, but like at least in the last I, I don't know, since the I guess maybe let's let's rephrase, since the drought, maybe probably the best midseason acquisition. But I, even then, but this as impactful, I think it has to be. I'm adding yeah. this to the little uh, podcast ideas. We're gonna go back and do some research and that'll be an off season pod of best midseason, just because Rasul Douglas has been so great. I think yeah. we should go dig into that. But I think we are correct. I think he's gotta be one of the best pickups any Bills GM in our lifetime has ever done. Yeah. He's he's, and, and he's unreal. Go ahead, Jake. Not a one hit wonder either. He's back next year too, right? He is under contract, is. I believe. Yep. Yes, and at first we were like, "Oh, that might be an expensive contract." Um, I whatever he wants, yeah, <laughs> blank you, check. <laughs> yep, you can have it. Well, I don't know if Brandon Bean feels the same, but as far as me, you can have whatever you want, buddy. 
I think it's like eight million, but it's not. I don't think any of it's guaranteed, which is honestly why everybody's like, "Oh, that's a great contract pickup for Brandon Bean." Because if we do want to cut him, it doesn't cost us anything. And, yeah. But I, I mean, I hope I hope we we go rework that and extend him. Let's get another. Let's put another year on the end of that. You know, it would be sick, especially considering like right now, we have no idea what's going to happen with Trey White, like what what he's going to look like when he comes back from his yep. um, his Achilles injury. So. We might be really, really stoked that we have that. I mean, we're stoked right now, but we might be stoked next year too that we have this guy. Yeah, yeah. Jake, I'm glad we could give that guy his flowers. What other, uh, what other uh, positives, like things, are we feeling out of this game? Jake, you want to go? Yeah, I'd like to just pull the microscope back and say the defense in general is is a big reason why we're winning games right now, and yeah. mm-hmm. they're playing well. I mean, Grant, I, I know the Patriots aren't a great team, but still, like they just were ball hawks all, all game, kind of forcing turnovers left and right. Um, I think I saw a stat at some point in the game where it was like the bills average starting position with the ball was in the Patriots territory or something like that. Like that's, <laughs> I didn't that's see insane. That. Oh. Yeah. You saw that too, right? Like that's I, no, a, I, a didn't, I didn't see that. That's awesome. <laughs> what a stat though. So yeah, just, just flowers to the defense. They deserve it. They've been playing mm-hmm. their balls off. And that, yeah. That's a huge one for me. Not Nigel wrap us, wrap us up. What, what's a positive for you in that game? Yeah. If I can just piggyback off that a little bit and I do have like a separate positive, but I like, I have to take my medicine on this dude, like hand up, as a guy that was in the camp of let's fire Sean McDermott, he like the the defensive game plans he's put together these last like four or five weeks, dude, have just been so unbelievably good. I it, it's just like I, I have no words for it, dude. He's just been he's pulling the right levers at the right time. <clears throat> Pardon me, everybody. Gonna be a couple of throat clearing moments. I'm sick working on the voice, but bear with me. Um but yeah, dude, pulling the right levers at the right time. His blitzing schemes have been really great. Um, it helps when you have the emergence of guys like Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Rasul Douglas performs the way he has been. Like, you know, it's been it's been crazy. And I know I just said Daquan Jones before he went down with his injury was having probably the best year of his career. And, oh, you know, hands so, down. Yeah. Yes. So just I I gotta take my medicine on that one, Sean. I'm very sorry. Um, but my big positive thing for this game, um, the play of our tackles, our offensive tackles, dude, mm. that, de- that New England front seven is absolutely no joke. And while the interior of our offensive line got bullied pretty bad, specifically the two guards, um, all the tape for the tackles, man, holy cow, Deion Dawkins, Spencer Brown, those guys have really, 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 really seemed to have found their stride a bit. Um, so yeah, dude, it's, um, it's just awesome to see Spencer Brown in particular is, um, it's so nice to see him playing the way that he is right now. It's like, it's very cool. I, Cause honestly going in, that was one of my big concerns. That was a gamble. Brandon Bean didn't really bring somebody in. He brought in Brandon Shell who ended up retiring before the season started. So like, like we, yes, we kind of had a, a backup plan, but then that backup plan fell through. So like, um, I yeah, I think I think it's, uh, Spencer Brown has come into his own, and no, he's not a top right tackle in the league, but man, he's a serviceable and a starting right tackle, and that's huge, especially because it's a third round draft pick by Brandon Bean. Like, that's great. Yep. Yeah, dude. It's it's just it's such a relief, honestly, to like see this come to fruition a little bit. Hopefully, yep. it's not just like a one season thing, and then he isn't great again, but. Could be. I think he's got to stay healthy because, I mean, the guy's got a history of back issues. And I think that's that that kept him from participating in a lot of offseason activities in his year one and year two. Um, missed, missed uh, like, 
um, training camp, just missed reps. Like I, clearly the guy needed them. And I think he's starting to put it together and stack his bricks and, and make it happen. And um, hopefully he continues that. I agree. Yeah. Um, there, you know, not, not all, not all good things. Um, there's, there's still, I, I think as far as, I think I can probably speak for all of Bill's mafia when I say the prevailing concern right now with this Bill's team is the passing game and how it just doesn't, it's, it's very clearly not firing on all cylinders. And I, I think the biggest issue we're seeing is the, the 17 to 14 connection is seemingly non-existent. And I would love to say I have some ideas as to why that is. And I, you know, but all I can do is really hypothesize just like everybody else. I have some, it's gotta be a combination of things. Um, the big one I keep seeing is injury. People keep wanting to say he's injured. The tape to me does not look like a guy that's playing through an injury personally. Um, so that one to me doesn't seem like a, a legitimate case. Tom, you got a thought? Yeah. So I agree. I don't think it's injury. I think, I think it's been a combination of problems. I think it's a combination of a new offensive coordinator coming in, changing things a little bit, right? We're seeing a much more run heavy team, which has been productive and been successful and why we're winning these past couple of games. So I'm honestly not terribly complaining about it, but I, I'm sure that ha- that contributes. Um, I also think it's uh, we've seen Stefan Diggs with a few drops, like more than normal, right? Like, and that's very frustrating. We've, we've seen drops all over this team, but Stefan Diggs is not innocent in that respect. And then I just to play devil's advocate in the last definitely in the in the Patriots game. And I want to say um, in the Chargers game, I think they digs. Josh had a deep ball to, to digs on both games. If he connects on just one of those, do we feel fine? Um, do we feel good? If Because if he, he had two two throws in each game, probably going to the house for 60-plus yards in both games. If he hits just one of them, I think we feel at least a little bit better. A, a little bit, yeah. But for me, dude, it's Stephon Diggs, because he's not that breakaway speed kind of guy that rely, that, that rely, like his productivity doesn't rely on big plays. He's His whole thing is efficiency, right? Like two to three catches a drive, that kind of a thing, just because he – Runs his route so well and separates so well. So, like, I for me, like, to just kind of, like, isolate big splash plays, I don't know if it would necessarily make me feel better. It makes me feel better about a guy like Gabe Davis because that's what he does, right? Like, he's a big play guy. But Stephon Dix thrives when he's, you know, one, two, three catches a drive. Just that continued efficiency for six yards, eight yards, 12 yards, five yards. You know, those nickel and dime. I don't even want to say nickel and dime because eight yards isn't nickel and diming. But that's where I feel that Stefan Diggs is his is his best self. So yeah. while it would be good to see him, you know, connect on some deep stuff, I don't know for me personally, and other people I'm sure feel differently, if that would make me feel like, okay, Stefan Diggs is all good. I think if, if we hit on one of those two, and Stefan Diggs dropped half of the balls he's dropped <laughs> in the past eight games. I think we'd feel, yeah, wait, wait a second. Diggs hasn't really been taken over, but I think we'd feel okay. I am. Um, I'm hoping what this means is that it's kind of a sleeping giant kind of, kind of issue going on here where it's going to come alive and they're going to connect. But I think that's a whole lot of hoping, <laughs> which is not something you can hang your hat on, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's clearly not working, and the offense needs to go through digs, and I'm I'm hoping that they can get this right. 
Yeah, dude. It's just yeah. It's it's a bummer, man. Because like, it's really in like like you said, we've been winning, but it's super hard to picture a world where this Bills team can make a deep postseason run, assuming we actually make it. Um, a deep postseason run without seventeen and fourteen, like really cashing in with one another. Yeah, that's that's Let's my see. big thing. So hopefully this uh, this Dolphins game they get to come back come back to life. But yeah. is there anything else that we want to talk about and wrap up before we uh, move on? Yeah, yeah I got a question. So so what? So the the passing game wasn't the reason that they they won. Uh, clearly, from what I'm hearing from you guys, what what did go well in the offensive game? Tom, Tom, you talked last week about what you wanted to see Joe Brady do to attack the Patriots' defense a little bit and make them pay. What what did they do? What did they scheme up? How did they how did they put points on the board? Like, where were the positives in the offensive game? Well, it didn't start off super hot, um, a little bit dead. But but once we got to the second half, they found their rhythm. They were the run game. Honestly, this was the most productive run game that the the Patriots have given up like in a long time, maybe even the whole season. I can't. I'll have to check those stats. But it's it was the run the running game for the Bills was very productive, um, which was awesome and it has been their strength the last few games. And uh, honestly, was something that I was not expecting because the the Patriots don't give up rushing yards. They just don't. Um, so to be able to do that was a big deal. I think it was a matter of. Um, the running game coming to lot coming to life, and then in the red zone, they put the ball in Josh's hands. He had two red zone um, rushing touchdowns, and now he has he's he's tied for first in the league with rushing touchdowns, tied with Jalen Hurts at fifteen, which is a big number for anybody, uh, running back or quarterback or otherwise. So I think that's, that's the, was, lead, the league lead, not quarterback. League. Quarterback, um, league? quarterback league, yeah. I think Raheem Mostert on the has, Dolphins has yeah, at least Mostert's eighteen, got right? Like a thousand, yeah. But for quarterbacks, yeah. yes. Yeah, for quarterbacks leads the leagues um in rushing touchdowns and you know, that's a big deal. So I think they I think they put it together. They used Josh as a weapon. Um he he rushed more often than we uh than we had seen um lately and I think that's that's my thought of what put what kind of what put two and two together. Yeah, I think you covered the a, a big chunk of it there, Tom. It's it's just yeah, like the run, like we needed to lean on the running game again, which which we were able to do and and I think Josh running the ball this game was Probably the X factor. Um, I think one thing that like we didn't or that Joe Brady did not anticipate being an issue, um, nothing ever had any time to develop um, because the the interior pressure was in Josh's face so quick. There were there were several instances that I saw in the film where like there were opportunities. There were guys schemed open. There were good play calls. There were good things happening. But Josh didn't have the time. And that was one of the, like, I have one of my bullet points here, that the passing game isn't as dire as it may seem. If I'm being honest, I think, I think we got Belichicked. I, I think we got billed a little bit. And I think yeah. Bill, just being the unreal defensive mind that he is, was able to scheme up some defensive pressures that we were not ready for. We could not find a way to adapt. And the pressure was in Josh's face all day. So, like, Tom, you, last week you talked about taking advantage of those unathletic, I say unathletic, they're professional football players, but those bigger, <laughs> slower linebackers for New England. And it doesn't matter, like, you could put me and Tom out there. If if Josh has two seconds to throw the ball, it's not going to matter who's, you know, what matchups yeah. are there to exploit. Yeah. So that was, that was the big thing for me. And I, I think the passing game, like, from this game, 
took took a step in the right direction, honestly, even though the numbers were bad, just based on what I saw from the opportunities that were there. But when you don't have time to throw the ball, you don't have time to throw the ball. How about so, that bomb to Kincaid, though? I just remember that. So sick. so cool to see, right? The guy just broke free. He was almost out of way for a touchdown. As if his if his ankle didn't get swiped there at the end, like yeah. he would that would have been a fifty yard, sixty yard touchdown. Super but super super close. Yeah, that guy. Really- I'm so excited to go look at my uh, uh, beginning of year predictions for him because I'm pretty sure he is shattering them. <laughs> I you know I was thinking about mine, dude. I I can spike the football on my Ed Oliver prediction. Yep. Sure can. I'm actually excited. That's gonna be a fun pod to do. I, I, I want to finish this season. I hope it's we have several more weeks here. But uh, that will be fun to go back and uh, and look at our. I guess we could do regular season ones, but uh, let's wait for that's probably an off season thing. So. Yeah. All right, boys. Any any other prevailing thoughts um, in terms of the Patriots game? Um, the Daquan Jones interception. Um, at Oliver interception. At Oliver interception. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that was sick. I was just. Yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. Love a big man. One-handed, yeah. one-handed from a big boy. Super like, that was athletic cool. play from a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, dude, Daquan Jones, I welcome back, bro. Looked really nice. Looked I mean, good. Yeah, Not, nothing that's going to show up on the stat sheet and make you excited. But, again, like that's why like these sports, man, it's it's so important to watch the tape, truly. Because like, like a lot of those Terrell, um, Terrell Bernard like sacks and stuff like that, were because of Daquan Jones um, and and what he does as a one-tech on this team. So really good to have him back. He just frees up the linebackers so much. Welcome it's, back, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Love that depth. I mean, at this point of the year, to add defensive tackle depth is huge. That's huge, a big, dude. big deal for this time of year. So, yeah. yeah, love that. I agree. Run game was – they got nothing. Like, Zeke Elliott was doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Bailey Zappi, maybe on his little scrambles, was the best running effort they had. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Who cares? So I think real quick, we should just touch in on our uh, Pro Bowl boys. Um, James Cook and Deion Dawkins were both nominated to the Pro Bowl, which is very well deserving. They're playing out of their minds. Um, Very cool to see James Cook. This is the start of hopefully a very productive career as a Buffalo Bill. Um, I'm very excited for him. Congrats to him. He's getting that recognition he deserves. Um, and cool to see Dion, right? Like the guy, he's he, there's been some some doubters for Dion of hey, should does he deserve this 16 million AAV salary? Like, does he deserve to be the starting left tackle for Josh Allen's offense? And man, I love that guy. He's such a he uh he's such a great person in the uh the community and the locker room. Like, I love this for him. Yeah, I think this is two years in a row for Dion. Three. Three. Three season in a row. No way. Yeah, yeah let's dude. go, buddy. So, yeah. yeah, dude, he's he's been playing so, so unbelievably well this season, dude. Like You already know. Yeah, and you already <laughs> know, baby. So, yeah, yeah, shout out to those guys. A couple guys that I feel like probably could have made it and did not. Um, you have a, you yeah. have a you're thinking of, Tom? Uh, my big one is Terrell Bernard, dude. That, that kid is playing out of his mind, has more splash plays than we've seen anywhere and uh, across the league like the guy he, he should have yeah not and, even an ultra so the pro bowl <laughs> right i always this is always funny like, he should have been an ultra it should have been anything um the pro bowl is voted on by popular vote so fans can go in and vote the players votes and can the coaches vote nigel am i correct in saying that? i don't think so but maybe there's a third there's a third i know it's i know it's popular vote i know it's players vote and there's a third 
party. I can't remember what that is. Um, and usually it is kind of turns into a popular vote. So I, I've always <laughs> – this is always funny if I was like celebrating the Pro Bowl and also like, you know, disparaging the Pro Bowl. Um, it's uh, – my favorite awards that I, I hope that some of our Bills players get is the All-Pros that come out later in the season. But um, uh, yeah, it's – um. so some snubs, definitely Terrell Bernard. Anybody else you got? <laughs> Excuse me. He's the really big one. Um, Tom, you're right, by the way. Players, hey, coaches, fans. Um, yeah, dude, he he's the real big one. I think I think Ed Oliver to not even be an alternate is yep. a pretty sizable snub. What um, are we doing? I like I mean, as a defensive tackle to have I think is it nine and a half sacks? Um, for a defensive tackle to have that many, dude, that's that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's that's defensive end territory. Um, and even even a three tech, like that's a lot for a three tech defensive lineman. So yes, that seems pretty wild to me. Um, that's probably the biggest one. Stephon Diggs, well, Sewell Douglas, maybe. I mean, yeah, since tough. he's been a Bill, I mean, I don't know what he. I don't honestly remember what he did in Green Bay before he got you know he got traded. But not like he's been playing here, bro. Yep. Not like he's been playing here. Step Diggs, if he kept everything up between you know weeks one to seven or whatever it was, um, but he's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I think he just, yeah, I'm fine one, with that. One issue I do have is Mahomes being in over Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> Popular vote. Yeah, that's all that Popular is. Popular vote. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, like, exactly. So I'm trying to think. Kermit can go home. Yeah. Those are the only ones. Yeah. So yeah, not like we're, egregiously we're, terrible, but the Terrell Bernard one is a, it's a pretty big miss. In my yeah. Opinion. That's the one that was egregious to me, but yeah. Yeah. What can you do? Hopefully what those all do? pros come out and he, uh, and he gets some recognition there. He should yeah. be at least second team, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Sewell Douglas, three, five interceptions and three fumble recoveries. The the interceptions that alone are tied for fourth in the league. You'd that's, think he'd get cool. some, some flowers for that. But yeah. But so who, he's who got, cares? He's, he's putting them up on the field. So. He's got four INTs and three fumble recoveries, you said, Jake? Five interceptions. Five. I think one was with Green Bay. I think it's been four with the Bills. I think it has two, yeah, it could be. dude. So this, Which is a, insane. So he was responsible for eight turnovers by himself, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's and crazy. Let's and Nige, you were right. Nine and a half sacks on the year for uh, Ed Oliver. Yeah. He's a problem, dude. He is a problem. All right, boy. Should we uh, talk about our good good pals to the south, the Dolphins? Yeah. Wait a second. Do you hear that? You guys hearing anything? Oh, boy. I'm hearing, <laughs> I'm hearing dolphins in distress. <laughs> Animal Planet. The house is on fire, and I don't just mean Tyree kills. Oh no! Oh no! We can joke about it because everyone's okay and safe. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Thank you. Everyone's okay and safe. My God, we're gonna get canceled for sure. I hope so. That'd be sick. We're we're playing with fire on that one. (laughs) All right, I'm done. I'm gonna mute, mute my mic. Oh my God, dude. Uh, Jake, a little bit heated this evening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Oh, my God. That was so good. Yep. We got a big one this Sunday night, folks. For the AFC East, 1-7, January 7th, 8-20 p.m., the Bills will take on the Miami Dolphins in Miami. And, yes, folks, it'll be for the division, not only the division, but it looks like it's also going to be for the number two seed in the playoffs. So it's – um. It's a big one. It's going to be a hell of a way to end the regular season in the NFL. Um, Last game of the season. Yeah, of any anybody. We yeah. are the final regular season game. 100%. Um, yep. b- before we get into some some key things, does anybody have any 
prevailing thoughts on the game that, that they want to get out there? Squish the fish, baby. Squish the this fish. This is it, right? Yeah. This this is it. We got to go they go take care of business. This is this, this is a playoff game. More or less. This is a playoff game. Yeah. Absolutely is. Yeah. Absolutely so, is. So a couple of really big things that I want to um, bring some attention to first is, and I can already hear if the Bills do win, knocking on wood, can already hear all the Finns fans bitching and moaning about all the injuries, which are notable. So at this point, and I feel like I'm honestly missing one or two, um, but at this point, the Bills, or excuse me, Dolphins will be without Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, which are both of their starting defensive ends. Huge in and of itself. It doesn't look good for Xavier Howard um, and for Jalen Waddle. Both of those guys, as far as I know, dealing with an ankle injury. Last I saw, not looking good for either of those guys to play in this game Sunday night, which, I, I mean, we don't root for injuries, but all four of those are hugely positive for the Bills. Um, so that's that's a big one there. Tom, are there, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Can you think of anybody else that I missed? I, um, like I can go check. Be... I just I texted a uh, injury list. Let me go look at it while you keep talking. Okay. Raheem um, Mostert is still uh, – he, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. That's another uh, dealing, huge one. Wow. Dealing with a, knee a big one, their their entire offensive line is banged up. I'm sure some will start. I don't think yeah. it's that they're, they're missing their entire starting offensive line, but a lot of them are banged up, missing time this week. Um, the – yeah, the um, – Devon Aching has toe ribs going on. Yeah, he looks sick. Tua has quad left shoulder going on. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's an injury. It's a littered injury list here. But you know what? Like, we've heard this from every every team has injuries. So you, yep. I understand that they're like, yes, we got we got to play this game. So I'm not going to talk about any kind of future kind of uh, things. However, everybody's got injuries. This is how you play the game. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. No one felt bad for the Bills when Matt Milano went down, when Trey White went down. Right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, we're without a lot too. So it's part of the game. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, no, for me, um, my big kind of prevailing thought is this offense needs to come alive. Josh Allen, I'm hoping we get playoff Josh Allen, right? We need Josh Allen who is ready, who is dialed in, ready to go. This um, Vic Fangio defense generally challenges you to dink and dunk. Can you have an extended drive of – eight, nine, 10, 11 plays and go score. They're going to challenge us for that. Now, without their two edge rushers, that's a big deal, right? Because generally they're trying to challenge you to play in the middle of the field, take your take your um your profits, and hopefully they're hoping that their defense can make a play in either a, a big uh, tackle for loss, a sack, an interception, do something to put you off schedule, and then you're kind of screwed. Um, but without their kind of splash players, I think they're going to be. I think there's going to be an opportunity for Josh to go in, dink and dunk his way across the fields, get the run game involved, get them on their toes, and just play efficient ball. And that's what we need. Yeah, I um. So I also I <clears throat> excuse me, caught some caught some time in my week um to check out the um Ravens Dolphins game that took place this past Sunday. And I've got two big prevailing thoughts there. Um, number one, Miami got absolutely torched uh, on play action. I am desperate, 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 desperate for Joe Brady to like double the amount of play action plays that he's calling right now because I believe his average 
since he's been the OC has been like in the low to mid teens in terms of uh, action percentage. Yeah, it's has been. Which is where Josh Allen absolutely thrives, dude. So and and like it's on the tape, man. Like Miami, they looked lost against with play action against Baltimore. So I would like like fuck. I mean, ideally 30%, but I would even take mid 20s for play action. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Yeah, doubling more. is good. Like, yeah, yes. That would be good. Um and then the other thing that I saw Baltimore getting gashed on really 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 early. Um they they seemed to adapt to it pretty well, but they were getting ripped apart in the early parts of the game. The Finns loved, loved calling <clears throat> those outside um, zone tosses. So mm. it was outside zone toss, a zone running play is going to not have like an exact gap that the running back needs to attack, but what it will do is just create an area, and in that area, the running back is supposed to read his blocks and then go, Right. Devon, they, they did this with A-Chan a ton, dude. Without Jalen Waddle on the field, the, the Finns are going to be doing whatever they can to get as much speed on the field as they can. That's their bread and butter. That's how they win games. They win with speed, with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and then they're running back. I think what you're going to see... Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead and snap it. Oh, I muted myself. Oh, he muted it. Tom, <laughs> Tom's, <laughs> Tom's smiling at us as he opens the second beer. Um, but yeah, I was trying to be polite, but you know, that's, maybe that's I should. Kind of you. We don't do that I here. I know it doesn't. This is new for me, but so I think a really big thing that Miami is going to look to do is situations where they have both, assuming he can go, Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan on the field. Yep. But we need to be ready for those toss, those outside zone tosses, um, because Baltimore got shredded by those early. Um, go ahead, Tom. We're going to see it, and they're going to get Tyreek in motion, too. I bet Tyreek's going to get handoff in the backfield. They're going to do – they have a, a track meet in, in on their offensive side of the ball. Like yeah. So it's, it's going to be a problem, um, and I'm sure the Bills are going to be ready for it. I'm sure Sean McDermott is very aware um, and is adding whatever he can, kind of Zippy Gonzalez to to, uh, to all those, <laughs> those DBs that he can. Um, and Terrell Bernard, baby, let's go. Maybe So question, could this be – we see a lot less Tyrell Dodson playing and more Dorian Williams as a more athletic linebacker. He does make more mistakes. He kind of goes for it and gung-ho and just goes for it. But he's more athletic than Tyrell Dodson. I d- literally just now thinking of it. Yeah, I, you know, I thought about that a little bit. And my 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 guess is no. And I, the reason I say no is because of what you said. Williams does make a lot of mistakes. He is more athletic than Tyrell Dodson. But he's had a couple pretty rough games here overall um, in this last probably five to six game stretch. So I don't foresee that. I think what you possibly could see um, is more of Jordan Poyer down in the box and Taylor Rapp coming in for Jordan Poyer. Mm. That it seems to be yeah, McDermott's yeah, thing that no, he likes to do. Yeah, no, that's probably it. <clears throat> so, but, I, I mean, Tyrell Dotson has it, arguably one of the most improved players on the Bills roster this year. I really think he's still going to see a good amount of snaps. Now, if he starts to get picked on really bad, then you'll probably see an adjustment. But I would imagine the first quarter you're going to see Tyrell Dodson out there for the majority of those second linebacker snaps. That's my guess. Cool. But, yeah, you know, that makes sense to me. So. Um, so the other big thought that I have here that I'm wondering is what Miami's going to do if 
um, Xavier and Howard can't go. So what they did last week was Ramsey and let's see, who's the is Rashad Bateman the number one in Baltimore, Tom? Number one receiver? Um, yeah, him, Zay Flowers. Yeah. Yeah. I from what I saw, I can't remember exactly who it was, but with Howard not playing, Ramsey followed. And I think it was Bateman that he followed. But Jalen Ramsey just he he wasn't doing a lot of zone. He was mostly following the top threat at whatever whoever they deemed the top threat in that moment, that's a lot of what was going on. And I'm wondering if we're going to see that again. Because what I don't like about that for the Bills is, and now let me preface this by saying, Jalen Ramsey, I'm going to knock on wood, doesn't scare me, which apparently he does a little bit because I just knocked on wood. But Josh Allen does nothing but pick on Jalen Ramsey. And Stephon Diggs does nothing but run circles around Jalen Ramsey. So, by all means, if you want to have him just follow Stephon Diggs all game, totally fine. What we lose there is if we put Diggs in motion and Ramsey follows, it's not an automatic indicator that they're playing man or zone, right? If you've got a defensive back that's going to follow a wide receiver, that defensive secondary is obviously running some hybrid zone man schemes, which get really, 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 really hairy. So that is a prevailing thought that I have. I don't even have a guess. It's just something that I'll be watching for the moment we're on offense is what is Ramsey doing, assuming that Xavier Howard can't go. Any thoughts there, guys? This might be the second beer talking, but I'm going to make a bet right now. Okay. If Josh Allen throws for less than three touchdowns and 300 in this game, first round of beer and the next time we're hanging out is on me. Wow. You are optimistic. I think he's going to go ham. I think Jalen Ramsey is just, uh, yeah, I think he's going to go pick on Jalen Ramsey. I think he's going to go take over. And I think, I think, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident. Okay. It's probably the second rec league I'm sitting, sitting here drinking, but uh, I, I think, yeah. So I'm calling it right now. I love it. I'm feeling thirsty. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, obviously that would be sick. I don't know. I can't, I can't with any confidence make that prediction. Just oh, based on what I, we've seen the last little bit. But it's a bold prediction. I'll take that. I will hundred yeah. percent admit that. But I'm feeling good. And I think the more we kind of talk about it, I think, yeah, I think this is a this is a get right game. I'm three hundred and three for Josh Allen. Hey man. I sure hope you're right. Um the yeah, yeah, that's I mean, I, I'm looking at the defensive depth chart for them right now. With with the two defensive ends hurt, like Jalen Phillips is a problem, but he's hurt. They got Zach Sealer. Obviously, Christian Wilkins, a dickhead, but a really good player. Um, Zach Sealer, still a problem. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle is a solid linebacker. Um, but yeah, dude, like Ramsey, whatever. And then their safeties, Javon Holland is a problem, but he also currently has an injury designation, limited in practice. We'll probably still go. But yeah, dude, like if this is if there was a week to do it. I feel like this is the one. They got to so. stay away. Don't run up the middle. Run outside. Get James Cook in space. Little dinks and dunks. Get Josh Allen moving. And just, yeah, this is, yep. yeah, they're going to come alive. This is it. I'm calling it. I'm feeling yep. good. Let's go. Let's go, the, Buffalo. The last big thought I have here, obviously, Tyreek Hill is the biggest threat on the field at any given time. However, in his last six games against Buffalo, whether he's a Kansas City Chief or a Miami Dolphin, he has no more than 70 receiving yards, and in those six games has a whopping one 
touchdown. So whatever Sean McDermott is doing, keep it up. We seem to have at least a slight answer in terms of putting the clamps on this guy. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Should be even easier. I'm going to knock on wood again. Should be even easier <laughs> given the fact that there's no Jalen Waddle to account for as well. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think Sean, Sean knows what to do with him. So I'm trusting that he will know what to continue to do with him. You take Jalen Waddle out of the equation, their wide receivers are all of a sudden Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios. They're going to be ready. So it's it's going to be Raheem Mostert and, and Devin Aiche. Yes. That, I think that's who the, the next wide receivers are. And yeah, maybe the tight ends. Point. Maybe yeah, the Durham tight ends. Smythe, maybe he, uh, he's, just, he's just so big, but not I bet he gets a reception with... or two. I bet he does. Um, yeah. But you're right. After Tyre, I bet Tyreek gets 12 targets. <laughs> and I bet then everybody else is under four. Yeah. You're right, dude. Uh, this is totally a quick sidetrack. This entire starting offensive line, except for the left guard, has an injury designation. That's the, wild. It's, it's, it's the things are ripe. Things are for the taking. Right? Ask me how much I'm going to care when Dolphins fans try to tell us that it doesn't matter because we got hurt or they were hurt. <laughs> I'm going to ask them how, the, uh, how their offseason is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Any other uh, any other Bills things? We have a couple rooting interests to talk about, but other, anything else aside from that? No, man. But hey, guys, this is 18 weeks, right? This is it. This is the end of the regular season. Yep. This is this is it. Like, how cool. Like, let's go, Bills. We're in it. I'm about so, it. So, yeah, now, walk us through, like, the implications for the game. Win, loss, and who we need yes. to win or lose. So, I was just going to on... say, I don't want to be, like, a buzzkill, but we have to keep in mind that there's a world that we can live in where this is the last Bills game we see this season, right? It's a it's a it's non-zero possibility. Yes. If, so going into Sunday night, there are two games we have to watch for. One o'clock on I think it's one o'clock on Saturday. Um, yep. Maybe four thirty. One o'clock, Tom. Ravens and Steelers, right? That's the one. I think. I believe. <laughs> We're so confident. I'll go look it up. I'll go look it up. You keep talking. You keep talking. I believe it's Saturday, Ravens and Steelers. Now, we need the Ravens to win. The problem with that game is at this point, the Ravens have locked up the one seed. So we will not see Lamar Jackson. And I would imagine there will be another good amount of starters that we will just simply not see in that game, which makes things easier for Pittsburgh. So I'm concerned on that. I don't feel like now, we can run on that. Would you say that Tyler Huntley, the backup Ravens quarterback, is better than any quarterback they have in the entire Pittsburgh zip code? Correct. That okay. is a really good point. Yup. <laughs> that is that is accurate. So um, yes, not good. And the Steelers did beat the Ravens um earlier this year. Yep. They, they beat them 17-10. They did. Um, but it's I don't think it's a non-zero chance that the Ravens come away with a win here. No, definitely not. Um and then this one I think I feel even worse about. Titans over the Jaguars. We would need the Titans to win. <sighs> I mean, the Jags are not playing great ball right now, but neither is Tennessee. So, but of all coaches that I think who can coach up a kind of downs team who can go get a win, it's Mike Vrabel, dude. Yeah, that's let's, another let's good go point. Let's go Vrabes. You yeah. know, <laughs> like I that guy has a way to will men to do things that they shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. 
And he's had, I don't know if, I don't know if you saw his little uh, interview this week, but some reporter asked him about it kind of like, Oh, you know, there's no real playoff implications for you guys. What's, you know, and Vrabel came back saying, Nope, this is, this means something. This is an important game. We are going to go out and put our best foot forward. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, no, we are, we are going to play. So, so we, so we got the, the good thing is going into the Sunday night football game, we'll know where we stand, whether, Okay, we're at least in, but the two seed would be awesome, or it's it's win or go home. So yep. that'll that'll make things very very interesting. I'll be glued to the TV Saturday and Sunday. But so it's one p.m. Jaguars Titans. If the Jaguars win, that puts us in a little bit of hot water. Then we got Steelers Ravens at four thirty. If the Steelers win, then that puts us in a lot of hot water. So if those two teams win, the Jaguars and Steelers, then we go into Sunday night saying, all right, it's do or die. It's playoffs or go home. Exactly. If either of those teams lose, then playoff seed is locked in. However, the seeding itself is up for up for debate. That's what they're playing for. Uh, hope, hopefully we we can rest a little easy, but that, that would certainly put a little bit more emphasis on the game but, if it was for the playoffs. But a two seed is big because Huge. anybody but the Ravens would have to come to Buffalo. Anybody. And we are, <laughs> the Bills have not been great on the road in the playoffs. They have been phenomenal at home in the playoffs. Yep. So I, I am full two seed ahead. Like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we need that. That is a big deal. Yeah, I just I, I I don't like I I hate the even I hate, hate the idea of let's let's just hope that we get the help that we need. Just go yep. handle your own shit. Right? Yes. Go into Miami, kick the shit out of the Dolphins, get the two seed, put your fucking foot down on their throats, and remind them that the division runs through Buffalo just like it has the last several years. Mm, That's what I want. Go. So let's go. That's that's my big prevailing thought. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else have anything else? No. <laughs> Fuck, I hate the Sabres so much. <laughs> I don't. Do we have to do a Sabres segment? <laughs> no, we, we don't have to. <laughs> All right, the Sabres are playing hockey, everybody. They uh, they play. The ice are is they? cold. The, the, are puck they? Is, the puck I, is round. Yeah, the puck is definitely round. It is cold. Are they playing hockey, though? I'm not super positive. All right. Well, how about this? Let's not go into too deep detail, but give just your general vibes. Give both of you. I want to hear from both of you guys. What is your general vibes? Where are we at? What is there any life to be had? Or are we uh, both in dire straits? Ah, Nigel, why don't, why don't you go first? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go I'm going to go into a coughing fit here. General vibes are bad. It, it, it's just it's just bad. Um, they're since we last spoke, Tom. They've had two games. They won the first game against Columbus, and then after a win, what do the Sabers do? Say it with me. They lose. lose. Um, they got the the shit kicked out of them in Ottawa by a team that's been struggling that that they had no business losing to. Um, the the season itself can just be summed up in inconsistency. The Sabers have won fifteen games. In the a, after those fifteen games, their record following a win this year has been one ten and four. That is abysmal. Um, that's that's thirty possible points in a game after a, a a win, and they've collected six of those possible points. It's it's horrible. It's abysmal. You can't you can't go through a season like that. They're on pace for seventy three points. That's twenty points shy of where they bare minimum need to be. It's bad. It's all bad. It's yeah, it's terrible. 
I've I've more or less given up. I and and like this is a new podcast for for us, obviously, but for those that don't know Nigel at all, I do my very best to plan my life around Sabres hockey games. I do my very best to watch all 82 on the regular season. And like even even in like the the worst moments up to this season, I still watch. There was always it always felt like there was a little bit of hope, right? Like we were tanking for Jack Geichel. You're tanking to get this amazing player. Last season, it was the best it's been in a long time. And like I can't remember the last time I have disliked watching the Sabres this much. It is just there, there's nothing positive to take away from anything, dude. And we like, and, and the big prevailing theme, and we've talked about it a bunch, we just look uninterested to me, lifeless, no jam, no energy, dude. Like, I, like at this point, I, a win for me, right, would be, like, let's say a player comes up and, you know, stops really hard right in front of our goaltender and covers him in snow. Right, which is like a no-no in the hockey world. Put that guy on his back, right? Do something to show me some kind of life in the team that you that you care about something, anything. I'm watching Rasmus Dahlin get ragged out by Brady Kachuk against the Senators. Nobody does a fucking thing. The one person that does do something is our 35-year-old captain who's going and fighting some dude who's 6'5", 220. Like, I, I'm, I'm desperate for... Some kind of life that you're not going to be so easy to play against. This team is softer than puppy shit. And and for me to see that every single game right now is just, I have no motivation to watch this hockey team right now, which is a place I have never been in my life as a Sabres fan. I have never flat out not cared if I see a game or not. And that is a really shitty feeling, dude. I can't think of a sports franchise Hockey, football, baseball, whatever, that is this good at turning away your loyal fans. I mean, there is nothing to grab onto positively right now. I can't think of a single thing. Zach Benson is probably it. Yeah, but how, how many years have we gone through the, well, they're not good, but this young kid's pretty good coming up? Like, you can't do that forever. No. It's been a fucking decade of doing that. And, I can't do it anymore. And I no. think the worst thing is, is, I, I, I still think, I, I'm not even sure what to pin it on. I don't know if it's Don Granado. I don't know if it's bad assistant coaching. I don't know if Kevin Adams just put together the incorrect team. If you put a gun to my head right now and said, Nigel, you have to guess, I don't think the right players are on this team. And when I talked about it last last pod that I was on, I just feel like this this team is missing too many of, of a certain type of player. And we have too many of the same kind. Like, I don't know, man. Just just go go do something. Show some kind of life, right? Like, don't... I don't remember who it was that I was watching. I watched one of our guys against Ottawa get two hands slashed, like, a couple times over the course of a minute, right? And, like, the hockey player that I want to see for the Sabres right now is a guy that, like, if you do that, I'm going to rip your fucking face off. I'm not just going to take it. Like, we're just taking everything. We're, there's no pushback. And that's like, 
Hockey is an emotional sport, dude, and it's a physical sport and it's an aggressive sport. And you got to stick up for the guys that are around you. And I don't see any of that. There's no, there's no playing for the guy next to you. There's no sticking up for teammates. You know, I'm watching goalies get showered with snow. Nobody's cross-checking their – like, take a penalty. I don't even care at this point. But there's just – there's nothing positive for me to grab onto right now. And that's just such a shitty feeling. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that is an issue. Like the the the, but I I don't think it's the the roster construction necessarily. I mean, I, there's there's warts that you can talk about there, but I think it's it's a mindset. It's it's how, it's the what do you do every day to prepare for a game, and how do you approach playing for the guy next to you? And that's just non-existent right now. So I think, to, and I I don't want to be saying this, but I think it is a leadership issue both in the room and with the coaching staff itself. Like they're, they're not ready to play. They're not playing for each other. They're going out there and, and yeah. trying to play for themselves. And and it's, it's clearly not working. I, I don't think you need to have grit in a lineup to win a game, but I think you need to have a gritty mentality. And that is, that is not there right now yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. There's just too much skill on that roster to, to be where they are. Um, yeah, it's it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable, and I think it comes down to mindset and, and leadership. Yeah, I I think you. There's probably two really good ways to sum it up there, Jake. Is or leadership and and mindset for sure, which is a bummer because like you brought in a guy like Eric Johnson, and yeah. and you have Kyle Poso and you have Zemgus Gergensens. Like it feel and maybe that's not enough. Maybe you need it more evenly dispersed throughout the lineup, dude. But like, I don't know, man. Like I watch Rasmus Dahlin, and he's not playing great, but. He is the most aggressive guy on that team. And I watch him go to bat, dude, and I just, like, I want to go and play for Rasmus Dahlin because I don't see anybody else doing it. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's, like, like, you guys are getting paid to play a game. Like, go fucking, go do something. Don't yeah. just be like, well, we're pussies again, and we suck again, and we lose again, but got my $7 million contract. Looking at you, Dylan Cousins. So, yeah, dude, yeah, that's my prevailing thought. I don't want to open a can of worms, but Jack Eichel, the the relationship was flawed. There was a lot of reasons why he left, but one of them is that he had nobody around him playing for him. He was putting the team on, or he was expected to put the team on his back every night, night in and night out. That's the way the the roster was constructed, and again, a, a litany of other reasons why he why he left town, but. I, that's a cornerstone. One of them is that he was met. He, he was, he was the only one out there a lot of times playing his heart out and just, I mean, I, I fear they're going to do that to, to other stars. Rasmus Stalin just signed a huge monster extension. I don't want this guy to get so frustrated with the people around him that he now wants out into a, another environment that, that actually plays for its players and, and can, can put a team around him to play well. Go ahead, Tom. We gonna say something? I, 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 yeah, I, I think we're gonna save this. I think I'm gonna save this question for you guys. Have a little bit of a diatribe going. I'm gonna let you go. Um, but I have. I think at some point we should examine some of this. I think um, we should save this for another pod. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair enough. Probably fair should enough. be. This, we're not even halfway through the year. No, I know, and that's the right. only thing that sucks. And, and and or is a positive, right? Because I, I mean, in truth. Oh my God, this even feels so stupid to say. But one win starts a streak, right? And like, we're not even halfway. And I think last I checked, what are we, Jake? Seven points out of a spot right now? 
Eight right now. Eight right yeah, now. As of, as of January fourth, eight points out. But like, I mean, you go back to when St. Louis won the Stanley Cup. What? St- where were they in the standings at Christmas time? They were bottom of the league. They 30, were thirty first at the time. They were the bottom. They were last. And then they got hot, went on a streak, won the whole fucking thing. So like, yeah. it's not impossible. I think that St. Louis roster was much better put together than the Sabres one, but. It's, you know, all it takes is one game to start a streak. Yeah. Interesting sure. conversation I, for us to have sometime, Jake. You and I differ on the roster construction mentality. It would be. We it, do. Yeah. It would that be, would be fun to unpack. Yeah. It would be. It would be. I want to have a trial. I want to be like a. I want to be a. <laughs> I want to be convinced Ooh. either way. That'd be like, fun. Which way yeah. is the way to go? Uh, you know, the, guys, we just, we just print podcast ideas. I love it. <laughs> the Somebody honor, write that down. The honorary. <laughs> I will. I got the podcast brainstorm back over here. I'll do it for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> Any other uh, last-minute thoughts on the uh, your your your, your uh, feel-good sabers? No, uh, I just I just want like for so many years they 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 you can't make the playoffs in the fall. You you simply cannot. You have to play well throughout the year, but you absolutely can burn your chances down the drain in the fall, and that is exactly what we've seen. And we've seen this from Buffalo in prior years where they play like shit through the fall and then they turn it up in the second half of the year. Everybody gets excited. Everybody's like, oh, they made a hell of a run. Like that's a lot of momentum. They'll carry it over to the next year. And then we just get slapped across the face. And I just, do I want to see them play well? Yes, absolutely. But I don't want to buy into the hype again of, oh, shit, they finished the year really well. They missed the playoffs by just a couple points, but they played really well. Like I, I, Moral victories only get me so far. Make the fucking playoffs. It's been 12 years. Yep. Hey, man. Take it home, Tom. All right, folks. Here we are. <laughs> the old Buffalo sports experience. Thank you all so much for the bottom of our hearts uh, for spending some time with us. It does mean a lot. Like we're just three goofs who just hang out and talk about sports. And for anybody to go and listen to this is pretty awesome. So thank you so much. Please share this episode, particularly this week. We have to go squish the fish. We need the Bills fans. We need to go out there right now. It looks like Bills fans are uh, buying the majority of tickets down there in Hard Rock Stadium. So <laughs> let's go Bills. Um, but anyway, they need us there in spirit as well. So please share this podcast. Tell everybody, share us on Instagram and X at Let's Go Buff Pod. These are my pals, Jake, and that's Nigel. My name is Tom, and you're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast. We're sending you love wherever you are. Go Bills, go Sabres, let's go Buffalo. Buffalo.